Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? another Sunday night. You guys know what that means. It's time for the Brain Love Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Delvina Thomas, a board-certified psychiatrist in South Florida. And tonight, remember, I talked to you previously about bringing the full episode of the Ghana chit-chat that we had when I was in Accra celebrating my birthday. And so I have for you the conversation that took place on the bus on our ride back from the Ashanti region and I want to bring that to you so uh, but I just want to say thank you 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 for all of my regular listeners folks who've been down with me since I started this podcast in 2020 May 2020 let me just give you a little applause there. So May 2020, I started this podcast and um, it's been, we've been rocking ever since. So I appreciate you for coming in or listening. If you don't listen the same night of the episode drops, which is every Sunday night at eight, I haven't missed a Sunday night yet. It has been late a couple of times, but you know, at at times that's unavoidable. Um, Share this with family members and friends and tell their people about it. Let us know. Let me know that you're enjoying the information that I share with you. Um, I have some good stuff coming up really, really soon. And so I hope you enjoy this conversation. It's... um, I'm going to give you a rundown in a second about what we'll be discussing, but so many topics, man. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, 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 guys. It's another Brain Love episode. This is not just an ordinary episode. This is my 100th episode. Check out this episode. Oh, my goodness. I am so excited. This this podcast began in May 2020. It's going on two years. And um, tonight is the 100th episode. So I wanted it to be a special episode. So I'm taking you guys back to Ghana. This is a conversation about not just, not just, um, you know, some random stuff, but some really helpful things like, we're talking about relationships. We're talking about, you know, money and capitalism and taking care of your man and serving your man and how to know if you're financially equally yoked and how do you know if you're equally yoked in other areas? We're talking about marriage and divorce and, and people who were a part of this conversation are giving real life examples, man, real life examples. We're also talking about childhood traumas, slave trauma and how that contributes to our relationships. We're talking about having a good divorce. I know you're like a good divorce. What does that mean? But yeah, one of the folks in my travel party talked to us about her her personal life and her divorce and how 
besides having a good marriage, a good partnership, you got to have a good divorce also. You know, you got to be able to work it out and make it work for raising the kids. We talk about marriages in Ghana and how it compares to the Western world where we live, how Ghanaians make it work and how it seems like Americans don't. And what role does your family play in your marriage? Ghanaians say that their family plays a huge role in their marriage. We also talk about divorce in Ghana. Do they get divorced faster than we get divorced in America? Or do Americans just pull the trigger like quick, fast? And we talk about cheating. Is it a way of life in Ghana? Are they like the men in America where if things ain't going well, they're going to get it from another someone else, you know? So we talk about all of these things. And also we define what is cheating? What is cheating to the guys in Ghana versus what's cheating for us in America? Are they the same? Are they different? We talk about what makes someone a good or a bad partner. Where does that come from? How do you become a good or a bad partner? How does your family influence that? We talk about our parents and the teachings and how it influences us. And in the end, we talk about slavery and history and how that influences who we are today. So I'm glad that you guys joined me on the couch. The first thing we're going to start out with is a conversation. I want to give you some background. So we're on the bus. We're on the bus. We went to the Ashanti region. We went to uh, the, the area where the slaves had their last bath. And so we're driving back and we just started having a conversation about a multitude of things. And, um, and so I just want to share this conversation with you guys. This conversation is featuring me, yours truly. I'm, I'm sure you can recognize my voice. It features Francis Awuni. He is the owner of the tour company who conducted our tour the whole time. It features one of his staff members. His name is Jojo. It features some of my friends and family who were on the trip. Um, we're starting out with one of my line sisters. She had a comment about money and capitalism. So we're talking about money first when we go into this, this chit-chat, this discussion. We're talking about money and finances and how that plays out in a relationship. So take a listen. I was saying, I feel like that's a westernized way of thinking too. Like for in America, like a man needs to be financially, but if, you know, we, we are, we praise capitalism. We praise like, oh, we need a man to take care of me. That's a really big thing going on right now. It's like, oh, we're finding someone to take care of me. If you don't have money, then you can't have me. And that's why I'm happy. I was like, I don't think like that. Um, Cause I have my own money, but you, I do want a man like you. But um, Davina said, me and my lunches were talking about that. We noticed that when, like, you take care of your man, but it's not even in a way that's like, look at me, I got a man. It's like, no, I love him. I want to serve him. Oh, that's yeah. right, ladies. Serve yeah, your man. Yeah. Serve your man. Yeah, but it's good to serve your man. Let me say one more thing. One more thing about that, though. If a guy asks you to marry him, I always tell my husband, you ask me to marry you. I didn't ask you to marry me. So if you ask about the money but he should be able to do certain things as a man and be a provider all things being equal now as time goes by people have issues things happen i mean i can tell you that my husband is no longer here god rest his soul we're very particular and he's 
Because if a man says he wants to marry you, you have to remind him. You ask me, I ain't asked you. So, okay. ain't nothing wrong with telling your man he's supposed to take care of you. Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that, but also, uh, let me tell you a story. There was this beautiful woman on our tour. He's, he's, he's an African, she's an African. And there was a man here that likes uh, the woman. This man ride a very beautiful motorbike all the way from, you know, it's about four hours drive to meet the woman and go on a date. But what happened is, the man, I think he was pretending fake. He didn't have what it is, but he just brought a nice motorbike and all that. And they went to really expensive restaurant. So the man didn't have the money for that, but the lady tried to uh, invite the man, the lady bought the food and invited the man to eat. And the man said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good, I'm full, I don't need no food. <laughs> Listen to what the man did. The lady keep eating like this is nice. Would you like to try? They said, well, let me try a little bit. <laughs> then the man ate it. Then after that, the man said, okay, listen, let me feed you. The man will give it to the, will pick the food and put it in the mouth, okay, mouth of the woman. And he keep eating. Before the lady realized, this man is finished the food. The thing is, the man is not having the money. But he knows that he cannot show himself to be like, I do not have. Right. And this is the problem. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes it's good to meet the real person, like who you are. I don't have, yeah. but I'm ready to fight. I would not be surprised if this man went and borrowed a motorbike, the beautiful bike to just come and embrace the woman. Because for some Ghana man to spend like 300 cities to buy food, probably he just, he saw the food menu and what he came into his mind was like, oh my lord, this is too much money. I can use this money to buy this, save me money. No, let this man get his food. I'm not, I'm not paying for that. I'm not paying for that. But they won't tell you. They know what they will be nice. They will tell you. So the thing is, we are actually not so much into... Uh, like let's make the money before we do what but these days it happened. It happened. Okay, so you guys were listening to Francis. Francis is the owner of the tour company that we were traveling with or we were touring with. And so he's making a point about money and just being yourself and not pretending to have money like this man was pretending on this date. Uh, and so we're going to go into, so we just talked about, you know, what does it mean to, I guess, honor money? How does that look when you honor money in a relationship more than you do the person? So you heard first from Shakira who mentioned that she has her own. She doesn't need a man to come and take care of her. And then you heard from Lizette who said, hey, if you want to marry me, that means you are agreeing to take care of me. You're going to take care of me, and that's what it means. So, all right, guys, stay tuned. We're, we're coming up with some more good stuff. So we're back, and so we're going to have a conversation now. You'll hear us talk about what does it mean to be financially equally yoked, and what does it mean to be equally yoked? Do people really understand what that means? Question. Yep. So do you guys think a man and a woman should be financially equally yoked or very similar financially? So you don't have to be equal, but I think you have to have um, some type of system. Like sometimes people are spenders, other people are savers. 
So if one is a spender, somebody got to be a saver, but you can't have two spenders. So I think you have to understand financially what your person, the person you're marrying, you need to know what their mindset is. You need to know, are they a spender, saver? And that you can figure out. But typically, it's not going to work. Obviously, if two people are savers, you're good. But if two people are spenders, it's not going to work. So in essence, that's equally yoked. Right, because it means that you have a system that balances. So your answer is yes. Anyone else? Okay, so we were talking about being equally yoked. And so Amanda comes up next and she's talking about what does it mean in the Bible? We were talking about financially being equally yoked. And then we go into a conversation about what does it mean to be equally yoked basically in general. So I bring Amanda up to the mic. She's a little resistant initially. <laughs> you gotta come up, it won't speak. So what I was saying is, um, she made a valid point, but that also goes with like anything in life. So say, um, you know I'm recording. <laughs> Um, so say if, um, I lack in, um, praying or whatever, I'm just using it as an example, what I lack in, my husband should be strong in the other area. That way I can learn from him as well as, you know, him pulling from me in another area that I'm strong in. It should be a balance in each area so we can help each other because we become one. Uh-huh. Yes. Amen. Amen, sister. Amen. Okay. So as I told you guys, we're just, we're having a conversation about so many different facets of relationships. Um, so you heard us talk about being financially equally yoked. You heard us talk about what does it mean to be equally yoked? Because I, I think a lot of couples don't understand the meaning of being equally yoked. I think that that's something that's not, um, it's not something that people under fully understand. So now we're going to go into, you'll hear us um, have a conversation about what makes a good lover, what makes a good partner. And this is important because a lot of time we choose someone who is not a good partner. They're not a good lover. And so um, check this out. <laughs> so, um, oh, I'm Dr. Ama. <laughs> Dr. Ama. <laughs> so, my question is um, a few moments ago, you stated how if you have a um, foundation or you have a vision from your parents or something of love, then you will know how to give it. But I always thought, or I always believed that you take away from your parents no matter what. So if you had a father that beat as a man and you saw him beat your mother, you may say, I'm not gonna put my hands on a woman. Or anything how your parents bring you up uh, that allow you to have candy. Oh, when I get my kids, they're not gonna have candy. So do you feel like they absolutely have to have that love in the home or can it be, I didn't see my parents behave this way when I get married, I am gonna do this and this and this for my spouse. 
I, yeah, that is a good question. I think um, there are a lot of times when someone doesn't grow up with love in the home and because they didn't, they become a very loving person. Right. Maybe that was your father, Amanda? Yeah. yeah. So, um, and, and they will do the opposite of what they've seen in a home. Like someone who grows up in a home with a lot of arguing and physical fighting and domestic violence, they won't stay in a relationship with someone who's argumentative or someone who's a, um, a mean person. And people who don't have love from both parents, it doesn't mean that they won't be successful. I hope my cousin Marlene doesn't mind me using her as an example. So, yeah, so we had this conversation and um, we're just going over what does it mean? Now, you guys, if you listened to the podcast a couple of weeks ago, I told the story of Marlene of her mother and my mother and how they, um, how they are sisters. They were sisters. My mother passed away, unfortunately, in 2005. So I'm not going to replay that part. I'm going to jump right into, um, again, talking about what makes someone a good lover or a bad lover or a bad partner, because I think people are just, people are not sure about what makes someone what is considered good? What is considered bad? You were raised in a negative environment does not mean it yields negativity. So I, I'm not saying, say that again. And the opposite, you can be right, and you can be in a positive relationship. My parents were married for over 50 years, and I got three brothers. So let's just say they didn't ever <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> so I hope that answers the question. It's what you take away from it, what you create. Thanks for participating, guys. That was a good dialogue. I like that. Okay, so we were just basically saying that sometimes you can't determine from a person's household, what type of lover that person will be. Sometimes you never know who they will be as a partner. They could come from a good background and turn out to be a negative person. They could come from a, back, a bad background and become the most loving person ever. Um, and sometimes these things don't come from our parents. It comes from other folks in our lives because everyone is not raised by their biological mother and or father. Some folks are raised or spend more time around other family members. It could be because their mom and dad was working a lot. It could be because their mom and dad just wasn't around. Maybe one parent was in jail. Maybe another parent passed away early. Um, there are a lot of reasons why someone is not raised by a parent. And so Jillian, who's from Trinidad and Tobago, she makes that point. I just want to say, I think that principle you said of growing up and growing up and um, experiencing a loving example is what shapes what your relationships are like. You may not, it may not be your parents because you may not have gotten it from your parents, but it may be somebody else that influenced you in your life because if you don't know love, you can't love. Right. So the thing you want to take away from that, guys, is if you don't know love, if you didn't experience love, you'll never learn love. So love is something that is not necessarily innate 
to us. I really believe that people have to learn how to love through their relationships and their experiences in life. That's how we learn, right? Because we mimic other people in our lives. That's how we learn these things. So we're going to cut into a conversation regarding um, marriages in Ghana and marriages in the Western world. This was actually pretty funny because Francis had a lot to say about Americans and how we are in our relationships and how men are neglectful of the women here in America and, and how we don't care about our marriages. And so we really had a, a pretty dynamic conversation regarding this piece. So I want you guys to, to hear what we spoke about regarding regarding this marriages in America versus marriages in Ghana. Check it out. Do women here in Ghana, people, uh, many are women in Ghana, do they give up on marriages as fast as people in the Western side, like the U.S.? That's a good question. But that is really a good question. We don't give up so quick like that. It, it undergoes a process. We have elders right. in the family. So right. if you and your wife has issue and your wife leaves your home right. to go to the parents' home to say, I have an issue with my husband, you say, I have an issue with my husband, so I'm leaving the home to you for you to, you know, I'm not going back anymore. No. They call both sides, the man's family and the woman's family. They sit down one afternoon, Sunday or any free day to talk. My daughter came home and said, this is what your son did. So how quick can we work this out? So this family will come, okay, I think if my, my son is doing this, I'm going to talk to my son. So they will talk to the son and they will talk to the woman. They will bring them together. They will accept and go back home and stay. The next time it happens, the same family will come together. They will, they will work it out until everything is solved. It, it's never easy for the woman to just say, I'm done. You see? But these days, some of the women, some of the women, especially uh, the women, if you are going to date or try to marry, what some of the men are saying now is they will actually look into women that are from like the Ashanti, the northern, the countryside instead of the city. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And then the women in the city looks like they are, you know, money like was people. But the one in the countryside, they work hard, they will serve you well as a man, they will, they will cook food for you, they will do everything for you. So these people, if you're able to marry from the countryside or a good family, it's not easy to break up. No matter, no matter how difficult the, 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 the issue is with the two couples, they will always solve it for you to get together. Man. The many times it is, they will always solve it. So I think the analogy to the man looking for women in the Ashanti area is like back home, men preferring Southern women over women from the North. That was a thing before. Like men would say that Southern women had more hospitality. They were more submissive. They believed in servitude towards their man. Whereas women from New York and from the North, you know, they were about money and glitz and glam. The other thing I was gonna say, you guys get together, both families, to try to work out the differences. In America, I've been to many weddings where the pastor says to everyone in attendance, mind your business. When they have an issue, don't go talk to his mama. Don't go talk to her, his, her mama. You work it out between the two of you. Don't include the, the rest of the family. 
So in America, they encourage us to keep it inside our own homes and not share it with the other family members. It doesn't become a whole family process. It is important when it comes to Ghana to let the parents know. No. It is very important because it, it undergoes a lot. Of, let's not get, you guys are saying two opposing things. No, no, no. You're saying it's, it's healthy to have the parents involved. Yes. yes. So I say it is. Yeah. Yeah, because you you two did not just yeah. get together. It went through yeah. a process. Both family came together. To yeah. Bring you together, and you pay a job. Yeah. So if you, for instance, in my village, you have to pay cows, which is expensive. Some family will charge you like ten cows, five cows, six cows. So if you spend a lot of money buying all these cows, marry this woman to your house and treat her back, it's your own your your own risk because she can leave anytime and go back home, and the cows will be for the family. So we lose. So this is how madness don't do not mess up with your women. They don't have time to because they know how far how struggle to, they went, you know, above to get the cows to buy everything to give to the parent of the lady. So they are not going to mess up. If things don't go on well, they will just call. Okay, I think my wife is doing this. How best can we solve this? I think my wife is doing this. No matter how stubborn a northern man is, they won't try to raise the chance of letting the woman go away. They can fight with you, argue with you, and they know that they, they are lying on the bed thinking, you know, that when the day broke, is she going to leave me? Yeah. Is she going to go away? It won't, it won't even be six in the morning and they will be on the on the bed saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It, it, it will never happen again. I'm sorry. You know, they will make you everything that you want, you know, to try to treat you good. Because married in our system, some culture, it takes a long time. It takes it takes investigation with the elders. For instance, you visited from US. You have a father in Ghana, and then you visited a century and you, you saw a very beautiful woman that you want. You told your dad, who is a Ghanaian, that you want this woman. Your dad will keep quiet, will not say it, he will go to the woman's house. Take the background of the woman. Are there thieves in the house? Are there sick, sick, sickness? And what is, what, is, what is wrong with the family? Do they have any genetic issue? Any problem going on? You see how the elders used to do their investigation before marriage? They say, you like this lady? Give me a minute. They will go. They will go at the back end and say, "Hey, young man, you know this lady living in this house. Do you think he's a thief or she is a thief? Does she disrespect people? How is she? Is she respectful? Okay. So the man will gather this information and go home and tell the the son. No, I think it's, it's it's okay. The woman is okay. Then the man will now go to the parent of the lady to say, "My son is interested in your your daughter." Similar. The, the daughter, the, the, the lady's family would take time to also investigate the man. Well, okay, there's this man. Is he a drunk dealer? Is, is he okay? Is he a drunkard? Does he beat women? Okay, they'll come back and say, yeah, I think the, the man is okay, so we have to get him. Then now they will sit and tell you, in our court, you like our woman, you have to present this, present this. They'll get together and then they marry. That is why when issue happens, the same parent comes together to solve it. It has to be shared. It's not something that you have. You two didn't just get together. You brought people to witness. Right. It's not about the courts. Uh -huh. It's about the home, the tradition. Uh -huh. And that is what has kept our culture so, so, so long. For instance, I always say this. My daddy never really, really saw my mama. My, dad, my, my grandfather just brought my mama to my dad. Like, this is your wife. And they, they were together for very good. It's a typical example. Which today... I will not do that. Uh, I would like to know. 
they were good. They, they have been good. My mother and my they were good. People who never dated like they didn't know those days these things were in there. My mother always said, I didn't even know how this your dad came away. You see, but they were good, they have been together, no problem, they have explained it. But today, it is the time, that's what I was talking about. This is the time somebody's going to take a whole two years, three years to study here to know that is she okay? Can we get together before they go? Which is all right. But in, in African culture, there are so many ways of getting married that the marriage becomes strong and successful. Yeah, because US, I understand you plan, you go to the courthouse, you sign, you do this. We do the same here, but that doesn't guarantee a successful marriage. Successful marriage comes from both parents. So sometimes you would like to marry a man and your father, the, 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 maybe the man's father or something will tell you, I don't want you to marry this lady. And if you are stubborn to go, your mom may love your mom's boy or something, they will find somebody to make you to marry, but your dad won't go. They know what they are saying. Probably that family years ago had a problem with its family. So those grudge is still there. But those, those doesn't, sometimes we are still solving the things like this, but those things have nothing to do with the children who are in love. But they keep this as something very, very strong and do not like let them, they don't, they don't want them to get together. You understand? But when they get together, when both uh, parties accept that their children get together, they know what they have found in both sides. So they wouldn't let it just go like that. They know. All right. So. You heard from Francis, he was talking about marriages in Ghana and why they're so important. So I think we're going to switch gears and I want to share with you some of the personal stories that were shared during the trip from some of the women. We have a story from Rochelle where she talks about her marriage and how, uh, what the factors were involved in it, it, the marriage ending in divorce. We also hear from Nancy and how her marriage ended in divorce the factors that were involved in that. And these two women make two um, similar points, but very different points as well. Um, the similarities include that marriage is about so much more than money. They both are independent and able to take care of themselves. And they're not looking for a man with money. They want a man to be there for them. And then you'll hear from Natasha who talks about a good divorce. I, I alluded to that earlier um, about, you know, I know that people are like, okay, what the hell is a good divorce? Divorce is never good. But when you realize your relationship is over, sometimes that's all you have left is to divorce that person. And if you share children together, trust me, you want a good divorce. You want a good divorce. So Rochelle is up first with her marriage leading to divorce story. Um, these people are so authentic. That's why I vibe with my tribe. Ooh, that rhymed. So Rochelle is, is coming up first to talk about what happened with her marriage and some of, you know, she just gives a brief synopsis, but her synopsis really includes the things that were missing that were important for her. And it wasn't just the financial part, because remember, we got some independent women here traveling with me. These are women who are educated, have really good jobs, they're professionals. So they're not looking for a man to take care of them. They're looking for a man to help them and care for them in other ways, but money is not one. And followed by Rochelle, you'll hear from Nancy, who too is divorced. Her divorce factors are different. 
she mentioned some very good points. I want you to listen for her and how she talks about how a man has to love himself. I know that's a phrase that we typically associate with women, women who don't love themselves and how it manifests in their relationships, either with their significant other, with their children, with their homegirls. But she makes a good point here and and, and that a man has to love himself as well. Because you know, when you don't love yourself, you have low self-esteem, you have low self-confidence. She also goes on to talk about childhood traumas. And then we get into a discussion about trauma, trauma from the past. And for Black folks, the trauma from our past that can affect how we love or we don't love and affect our relationships, you think about slavery, you think about Jim Crow, you think about how those things affected For some of you, you're so young, it would have affected your great-grandparents, and that then affected your grandparents, which affected your parents. For me, I'm older than some of you, so Jim Crow and civil rights had an effect on my, a direct effect on my grandparents, which then had an effect on my parents. My parents were born during Jim Crow. They were born during that time period. Um, And during the civil rights era, they were like 10 and 11. So these things really have a lot to do with who we are today. Our past really does create or influences our present. So first, we're going to hear from Rochelle, guys. So for me, um, I think people put a lot of emphasis on finances in a relationship. I was married for 15 years. I just got a divorce. And I felt like I was with my husband when we didn't have anything. And we we built something together. And it got to a point where he just felt like he was here. And we got a divorce. But for me, it's not finance. I could buy my own bag if I wanted to. You understand? Emotional support, connection to be there to support me. That's what is important. And I think we we put a lot of emphasis on money, 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 money. Like I was having a conversation with someone on this trip and it was like, well, he had to work. So like, what was the problem? Like he was bringing the money home. I don't need your money. Like money's not it. Like I need your time. I need you to say, how was your day today? You know, can I drop the kids off? Like that's what I needed. And that was not it. And I think we need to kind of shift our focus. It gotta be a balance. Money's great. Like I like to come to Ghana. I want to have fun. But we have to have a balance. Like you serving me in a certain way, and I served you in a certain way. So. Okay. See, so guys that are out here thinking that women just want money, it's not about that ching ching. It's about so many other things. Women are looking for, like you heard Rochelle say, emotional support. That's what they're looking for. They're not looking for you to come and take care of them because these days are different than what they used to be. Things are a lot different. Back in the day, yeah, maybe a woman didn't have an education. Maybe she wasn't a professional. Maybe she wasn't making money. But oftentimes now, women are making more money than their boyfriends, husbands, significant others. So let's transition over to Nancy. Say, just to add to her point Mike, is, Mike. just to add to her point is that if the man don't, don't know how to love himself he cannot love you and my marriage ended too because I don't think he knew how to love himself so I couldn't get the love I wanted I needed, neither my kids either because I think that there was some a lot of childhood trauma that needed to be worked on 
Now, if that person does not realize that they have that issue, just forget it. In America, like I wanted to say earlier, I think in the Western Caribbean and stuff, there's a lot of trauma there. People aren't really healed. And so because of that, it, they don't want to marry. And even if they do get married, it's almost like they're one foot in, one foot out. If somebody really loves them, they'll go with the person who they feel safe with because it's a path of least resistance, right? So I love you and we have this great connection, but we decide to choose the other person because, you know, they love us more. So, you know, we feel like it's going to work out because it's the ego thing, right? They're afraid of getting hurt because they're not healed. So I think it's important that we heal ourselves before we get into certain relationships. So in what I've noticed, and I, I believe that I am a, you know, a product of it too, is that women in America have a long laundry list, right, of things that we want, but we forget the most important thing, which is connection, right? We want the man with the big job, six figures, talks, whatever, whatever, but the connection isn't there. I got married when I was, well, I met my husband when I was 29, and at that point, I felt like I had a career, you know, had my own stuff. The only thing that was missing was a husband, right? So we got married. We met, we dated for a while, we got married, but he was unhealed, <laughs> I should say. And because of that, it, people thought I had the greatest husband in the world. I, everywhere I go, your husband is such a wonderful man. But to me, I was like, who are you talking about? Because even, even my kids, you know, they wouldn't even know the stuff that I went through because, you know, we try to work on things and I tried my very best to work on it, but it, sometimes you just have to let it go. But I knew from the get go when I got married that that connection wasn't really there. But I did it anyway, because that's what we're supposed to do. You know, society dictates what we do when we feel like we have arrived. <laughs> so we need to get married and have the perfect family, which we look like perfect family, but it just wasn't. So because of that, the marriage ended. The other thing I have to say as something that I'm learning is that as female who are independent and we can take care of ourselves, we walk around, oh, we don't need a man because we can do this. We have to let go of that. Allow a man to be a man. We have to let go of that because we need them. Because what we want, I can't give myself what I need from a man. <laughs> I can't. No matter what I try, it's not going to happen. So we need a man. We need to feel secure. Sometimes I, you know, Rochelle is my great friend. Sometimes I call her. I'm just tired. Can somebody else help, you know, think for me? I just don't want to think about everything by myself. So it's not about the money. It has nothing to do with the money. But that connection, that support, and that love, that's what we need. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we'll wrap it up. But you brought up something, uh, Nancy. You brought up trauma. And so I have a question for Jojo, also for Francis. In America, you know, we talk about um, post-traumatic slave disorder. We talk about post-slavery trauma. And we talk about how some of our, um, our family members like there's a lot of domestic violence in the South. I mean, I know it goes on all over, but a lot of black men in the South were abusive towards their wives. 
Um, there are certain things that you see in certain relationships and black relationships. There are certain things that we see in the dynamics of black people. And oftentimes as a mental health specialist, and uh, there's some other folks here that do mental health, we've made a connection to slavery. That some of these things stem from slavery because we were separated from our families. We didn't know our families, you know, women were raped by slave owners and plantation owners and had children who were stolen away from them. We weren't allowed to love, we weren't allowed to marry. Um, and so, you know, and then that was followed by Jim Crow and all these other things. So my question to you, in Ghana, which is Western Africa, obviously, do you guys make a claim or attribute any of what happens in your current situations to slavery? Is there, and, and so, because I know slavery occurred in America, it was more so in America, yeah. however, it is a Ghanaian process. You know, they came here and stole us from this land and some of our own ancestors here in Ghana were responsible. They helped. They were co-conspirators. They set up some of the processes. They set up the deals to give away a hundred of their village men and 50 of the, the women to sell to the people from Europe, from the colonists to the colonists. So how much is slavery a discussion in Ghana for Ghanaians? Good question. First of all, we are not being taught um, about slavery in school, just as in the U.S. I learned in the U.S. They don't even teach you the, the I mean, what is actually involved. Similar here, they don't teach you no slavery. They just teach you about the first president of Ghana and some other stuff. They don't teach you the real history. So a lot of Ghanaians don't really understand you as a descendant here. Oh. They might see my sister and um, the other sisters and call them white people. They don't know the difference. You understand? They don't know. All they know is you speak English. So even if you are black and fair, you are white. Wow. Because we haven't been taught. A lot hasn't been taught. If not for my job, I, I had no idea. You were all, this is where your journey began. Wow. So I understand you more. It's similar. They are trying to hide so many things. Both sides. Wow. It's wow. happening here too. And also talk, talking about missionary, is it because yes, please missionaries. Yeah. Yes, missionaries are a big part of this. And also talking about we being involved in the slavery. Like, let's say when you go to the northern region, most of the strong slaves that survived came from the northern part of Ghana, where I come from. What happened is, according to history and what I heard, I do not do a lot of book history. I do history from the old men and kings. They know what, how, what happened and what, has, what went on and what they have been told. When the slave masters come there, what they tell them is they need men to go and work. Oh. They don't come there with shackles, gun, nothing. And they also, they also, they are also very happy to send their people like, my village, we have 10 men, these are the men you can go. So if they take these men, let's say 10 hours from the village, that is when the torture begins. That is when you have the shackle. That is when you have all these things going. The mentality, the mindset of these people giving their, 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 their own people out wasn't, they will never see their brother being tortured and give it out. I don't know if I believe that. Me either. I don't, I don't believe that. Me either. I don't, I don't believe that. I believe that some of these Negroes in Ghana participated, they were co-conspirators yes. because there's no way that long. they were able to go into these villages and force these yeah. people to leave who never wanted to leave their villages. 
These people didn't want to leave their villages. No, 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 no. When you talk about, when you talk about this living, it comes in different way. Like let's say we just came from Ashanti region. Someone will leave the northern region. There were no means of transportation of car. It was horse and other things like walking. Someone would leave the northern region, come to the Ashanti region. He has no family there. He is the only person there. He can come to your house and say, hey, I come from the northern region. I have no place to sleep. You can give him a place to sleep and you have a big farm. This is my farm. The next morning you show him, this is my farm. Work in the farm. So when we, he works in the farm and the food gets ready, like if you have 50 bags, you will end up getting like only five bags and you will get the 45. That is another means of slavery that we have. But it wasn't a torture slavery. Because my, my good friend is a lecturer in the University of Ghana history department, and I always go there, we always learn to, and I learned from the elders. Some of these villages had no idea of what these people were going to do. They never saw them with physical cash, but they saw the exchange with like mirrors and other things. And that time, just like if you are illiterate in certain things, you will behave in a way. Later when you arrive, you realize that what you did wasn't good, it will be too late. So when, when this slavery thing went on in the northern part, this is where I come from. This is where I'm speaking from, my place. It's hard. When they take them, they don't, they don't treat them that bad right from the beginning. When they go a little bit further, that is when they start this evil. And don't get me wrong, every part played. Every part played some role. Exactly. Some, people, some people got involved. Some people were able to give their people out, the kings, and then they are, take these people out, take these people and go, take them, go, go. That is why, if you go to the slave classes, the kings have also come together to apologize for their involvement in this. That is that. That's my point. So that's, but, but what that's, I'm saying is, according to my yes, that was my point. That yes, yes that yes. so that it, it, the not everybody involved. got involved in this, and it all came in different directions. With people who sold you, people who sold people are there, and people who gave people out are there. It's two different people. We have two different people in the northern region. They gave people out. Okay, so you hear Francis basically saying how um, he believes that no black folks or, well, he says there was limited, there's limited culpability for the Ghanaians and the, the kings and uh, the leaders of the tribes who gave up the slaves. Um, but one thing I know, for slavery to go on for as long as it did, and for these white folks who arrived on the African continent, they were afraid of Africa. Someone got them acquainted in Africa. Someone made them comfortable. Some people made them feel like they could carry out these evil tasks. Someone made them feel comfortable in doing these things and that's what they did. But it's neither here nor there, right? We're not gonna spend a lot of time talking about the past that we can't go back and undo, but it's good to get an understanding of these types of things. Um, so you heard from the two ladies about marriage, why, how their marriages ended in divorce. Neither one of them really talked about the status of their marriages at this point in time, but Natasha, Natasha comes on and she talks about not marriage and why it, it ended in divorce, but she talks about divorce. She talks a little bit about her marriage and why it didn't work out. And then she goes into talking about the divorce. 
and why it's important to have a good divorce, why it's important uh, for both parents to get along and for that divorce to be a good divorce. So it may not make sense to you when I say a good divorce, but um, listen to her and it'll make a lot of sense to you. We got to do these things for our children. We got to get along as best as we can, especially when we're co-parenting. And I know it's something that's very difficult for a lot of people to do. A lot of people are not able to co-parent. So let's see what Natasha is talking about. If you have to have a divorce, you know that you're not making it. Hey, make it a good one. Make not only marriage, but I'm divorced um, is important. So my first husband, the nicest person you, or my husband, my only husband, the nicest person you ever knew or ever would know, but he wasn't, uh, he wasn't supportive. It wasn't the money I made. I was, um, I made uh, more money than he did, but he didn't help. Like if I cook somebody, Patrick, do you like how this tastes? Who wouldn't like it? Look, my plate is clean. He didn't picking out the house, picking out insurance, different things. I I couldn't get his support on. I didn't have a partner, so that was really important. He was nice, everything, but I didn't have a I didn't have a partner. I didn't have anybody to talk to about those things. But the divorce was just as important because I have a son. And when we got divorced, we went to the parenting classes. We used the exact same attorney, right? He I made a lot more money than he did and so i never took any child support from him never took any because that would have been to me that he would have had to live with his mother however every weekend he picked vincent up he did summer break he did he got vincent and every single thing that i purchased for vincent it said from mom and dad everything that i purchased when i because i was a firefighter and when i had to work 24 hours he would come to the house and stay the night with vincent it was so not just marriage, but when you have a divorce and you have a good relationship uh, with that person, everything works out perfectly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you said he wasn't helpful in the marriage, but he after the marriage, he became, yeah, he yeah. did that balance. He, he did. Like, I, not even to take Vincent to the doctor. Like, I, I, I sent him to the doctor with Vincent once. I said, so what did the doctor say about this? I don't know. What did that say about that? Oh, I didn't ask him. What did that you know? Yeah. So from then, I, okay, I know that this is in his stronghold. All right. So I took him to the doctor. I didn't have any problem with that. Um, yeah. He worked seven days a week. During the week, he was a welder, which you got in South Florida weather. That is horrendous. Yeah. On the weekend, Saturday morning, he got up early. He drove 81 miles to the Keys. He played in a band in, in Isla Marada. And came home on Sunday, Monday, back to the welding. So he worked seven days a week for the entire time wow. that we were married, wow. right? So when it came to, oh, the yard need cutting, I hired someone to cut the yard because I know when he come home from work, he need a break, you know? So he was he it, he was and is a, a, a wonderful person. As a matter of fact, three years ago, he had a heart attack. I was in New York and he called and he said, you know, I heard you and I was feeling sick and I went to the hospital and he had a heart attack and he had to have a quadruple bypass. Wow. I left New York, I went to the hospital, I talked to the doctors, they were at, and I brought him home to my house 
he didn't he was at his um, sister's house i brought him home to my house and he stayed with me for six weeks and i took him to that circle hollywood circle let's go we walking okay we put another lap this day we put in another lap oh the nurse is coming i took all that time and i looked after him because that is the father of my child right and so not only is a marriage important but if the marriage for whatever reason does not work out that divorce is just as important. And even now, if Vincent do something, Patrick, girl, you need to talk to your son. It, it, okay, I'm gonna talk to him. Sometimes, you know, it all be with the, the right way that I think, but he, you know. Okay, so that was very helpful. Knowing that you have to be, um, you gotta be friendly. You gotta get along because you have to do it for the children. So uh, we're, we're wrapping it up, guys. We're on the couch and we're talking Ghana versus America, I guess you could say, hell, Ghana versus America and men and women in relationships. Um, and this is actually going to end on a very funny note. We'll get to that part soon. But before we get there, uh, we're going to hear from Jojo. Again, Jojo works with, um, with Francis. And uh, we're going to hear from him regarding divorce in Ghana. And we're going to talk about the definition of cheating. So stay on the couch. If you have to take a break, you know, pause it and come back. And listen, don't forget, rate the podcast, guys. Give me a rating. Subscribe if you haven't already subscribed. If you're just sort of listening here and there. I apologize if you hear my doggy in the background. We'll be back on the couch to talk about divorce in Ghana. Is it like in America? Do they have the same things leading to divorce that we do? And also, what is cheating? Let's define cheating. Yeah. What's up, guys? So I just want to remind you about the ways you can follow me. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm Dr. Delvina at D-R-D as in Delta, E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A. I no longer have a Dr. Delvina Twitter or a Dr. Delvina Facebook professional page. Both of those were unpublished. Um, I won't get into the details of that, but um, instead of following Dr. Delvina on Twitter, follow the office Twitter page, which is D-R-T, Brain Love, D-R-T, Brain Love, B-R-A-I-N-L-O-V-E, D-R-T, as in Dr. T, D-R-T. And on Facebook, you can follow the Brain Love podcast. And of course, if you are not following me on Instagram, follow me at Dr. Delvina. And my website is Dr. Delvina, Dr. Shorten, D-R, and then Delvina, D as in Delta, E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A dot help h-e-l-p as in help me help me dr delvina and um tell your friends tell everybody about the brain love podcast please subscribe subscribe either on pandora on iHeartRadio, on spotify on apple Podcasts, on google Podcasts. if you're on anchor subscribe on anchor show me some love y'all show me some love that's right okay guys so we're wrapping it up, and um, I just thought this was a very good conversation to share. We just got a couple of more things to go over. JoJo's going to come up next. He's a Ghanaian. He uh, works with Francis in, um, in, you know, the travel business and the tourism business. They have a Winnie tour. Shout out to them. And um, 
Jojo's gonna talk about divorce in Ghana, like, you know, how do they manage disagreements in their relationships? How do they manage what leads to divorce or if they get divorced? You'll see, do they divorce as easily in Ghana that we do in America, or do they take it more seriously and they and and not pull the trigger as quickly as we do? And then we're gonna go into a discussion about what is cheating. That seems to be a common discussion that's had everywhere. What is cheating? Do people believe in Ghana believe in getting divorced as fast as people in the West or giving up? They don't. It takes a long time because they all believe that, um, as Francis said, you invested more into the marriage. Maybe it took you years to get because it's, I mean, to get married to somebody, the wedding, it's, it's a lot. You have to put in more money to marry somebody or you have to wait for a long time to save up your money before you can get married to the person so when you look at these time spent why don't i use this time as i'm in the relationship or i'm in this marriage why don't i take my time to fix it instead of running away so quick we all believe in not giving up early because you like the person before you got together so if there are problems coming, why don't you take your time to solve it? And then one thing is that we are all born uh, from a different family. We have different characters. Even your own siblings, how, you can't really put up with them. How much more people from different backgrounds, different cultures, different uh, tribes coming together to stay under one roof. So we all believe that it will work someday till you can stand no more. So we, we all try, in Africa, in Ghana, we all try to go to the end. If we can't hold it anymore. Even that, your families wouldn't allow you. It was, <laughs> it's now that divorce has become like easy. Even that you have to go through like two years before you can get your, at least two years before you can get your paper signed. So to go through that hustle and bustle, they just say, okay, I'll stay, I'll stay and fix it. So this is how our, our, our side of the world is. So, thank you. Okay, so you heard what he said. They're not trying to get a divorce in Ghana. Now, when they're in a bad marriage, the next question is, how do you guys deal with the bad marriage? Do you stay? It sounds like they stay, right? It sounds like they stick around and they cheat. What do you think? <laughs> Before you go, before you go, I have a question. Is cheating on your on your relationships, whether it's someone you're dating or it's your wife, is that a way of life in Ghana? So do Ghanaian men, if your wife is not satisfying you at home or you're having an issue or you yourself have an issue being faithful, because sometimes it's not, a lot of times it's not about the other person, it's about the cheater. Do you guys cheat? We already talked about um, what is it? Multiple wives is called polygamy. Oh, I thought polygamy was sex, was the multiple sex partners. But okay. Yeah. So we talked about polygamy. So other than polygamy, I'm not, I'm not speaking polygamy now. I'm speaking about a couple. Yeah. It's cheating a way of life here to get around the issues. You say stay and work it out. Do you guys cheat? Is there a lot of cheating that occurs in relationships? What do you think he said? What do you think he said? Do they cheat? 
And so he's actually going to respond. Um, <laughs> he's going to respond with something kind of funny. So what do you guys think? What's your definition of, ch of cheating? You know, post your definition of cheating somewhere and tag me whether you want to post it on uh, Facebook or you want to post it on Instagram. Post your definition of cheating and tag me so that I can share it. If you want, tag me in your story and I'll share it in my story. Because I'll be asking the question, what is your definition of cheating? Is cheating looking at another woman and having fantasies? Is cheating, do you have to go all the way for it to be cheating? What's your definition? So listen to me talk to Jojo about his definition of cheating and listen as he tries to understand what our definition of cheating would be. Um, I get him caught up a little bit. I get him caught up. Let's see what happens. And I hope you guys were thinking about what is cheating. Don't forget, answer the question. You can answer with a video and tag me in your, um, in your story on Instagram and I'll share it in my story. Um, you can answer by posting a picture, whatever you wanna do, you can post something on your feed and tag me and I'll share it. But um, help us out, let's, let's define for one another so we can keep things legit here. What is cheating guys? As men as we are. Yeah, I mean, and then I mean, talking, I mean, talking about cheating, it's it's it goes a long way. Um, cheating could be, uh, I don't know your definition of cheating anyway, but what is cheating? And then if I go out with somebody trying to get attention with a person, am I cheating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. If I if I'm trying to have a discussion. <laughs> He asked if he goes out trying to get attention from someone, is that cheating? We all said yes, quick, fast, in a hurry. And then Francis yells, really? So, you know, if you can't define it, then you will not understand it. Okay, I'm having problems at home with my relationship. I just need a distraction. Okay. Is that cheating? Is that cheating? To you, is it cheating? Yeah. Because most people think it's Sometimes you're having. Sorry, cheating starts inside your head. Okay, it happens here. We Wait, are here. say that again, Lizette. I said, as soon as you break that mental connection, that bond you're supposed to have with your husband or wife, with your, you know, husband and wife bond you have cheated so it's not about just sex some people it, it starts mentally and i'm not even saying like you can sleep with a woman and it's just delay a woman can sleep with a man and it don't mean nothing but the point is it starts you know at that moment you want to put your attention whether it's physically with your body or mentally with your mind you want to give that to someone else that is a gift for your husband so as soon as you want to share that and give it to someone else you cheated. Okay. <laughs> the question is answered. We all cheat. Men cheat. Women cheat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Men and, men, and, men and women cheat. We all do it. I don't think it's a male thing. There's women that like to sleep with different men. There's men that like
That's what she was asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, people still do. Everybody, everybody does it. It, depends, it doesn't matter where you are, whether you are African, you are European. Everybody, it's a worldwide thing. As I said, as men as we are, as women, we are. So, so in other words, your relationships, your marriages are just like American marriages. You stay in a relationship that's not working because you've invested so much time and so much energy and so much money and so many cows. So you don't, you, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. So you don't want to call it quits. You don't want to call it quits. Your family forces you to stay married. And because you're not happy, you cheat outside of the relationship. The same thing that goes on in America. You guys are no different. We are no different. I should, I should say that. Okay. But we are always trying to make it work. We try. Yeah. So to my little sisters in the back, yeah. don't come to Ghana looking for a man thinking he's going to be different than an American. No, 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 no. What, no, 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 no. what, yeah, what, what thing I would say is that Ghanaian men who want to go... Ghanaian men that's francis talking y'all francis is the owner of the tour company he says ghanaian men are loving men he's taken up for his his boys there are human beings things happen but if you find the queen or the, the king you want let me access them that's all okay let me, let me access let me access them okay, okay this is this is a month for you steady them that is all but they're caring loving you know but some are not everybody is not the same but we are not like them, uh, anybody men in u.s some are good we have brothers here Yes, we got Because listen, it's also about the person and how they're raised. You can't get yes. away from that. Yes. That's not different in any culture than any other culture. So if you weren't raised with love, if your parents didn't teach you love, didn't give you good examples of love, and didn't embrace you and love you through your childhood, you not you didn't learn how to love. So how are you going to be a loving Ghanaian man? You know, so that happens everywhere. So it just depends on your history, your timeline, your childhood, and things like that. Your upbringing, exactly. So uh, uh, Ghanaian upbringing is, that's what we pay attention to. Every mother and every parent in Ghana pay attention to the kids' upbringing. They train us very well from childhood so that you don't, you don't depart from the teachings. So for me, I will never lay a hand on a woman. I will never... Uh, mentally uh, put her down or no I won't because I never saw my mom and dad fight same as my brother there. Right. the father had five That's wives it. but he wasn't doing any bad thing I will marry you instead of going around to cheat yes so this is how we are brought up we are focused and then even if you are cheating we still do the right thing at home uh, put the food down make sure you are fed make sure you have sound familiar to y'all take care of home take care of home Taking care of the home before we go outside and see that little baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Ghanaian men, yeah, Ghanaian men are um, very, very, listen. and they are very hardworking. American brothers do that too. They still, a lot of American brothers will take care of home first and still have something on the side. And some of them will tell a woman, I'm not leaving my wife. I just want you to know, I'm not leaving. So don't, so yes, some will say that. So, and that's the thing, when people talk about polygamy and how it's such an unusual way to live, 
Most of us, some of us anyway, are living in polygamous relationships anyhow. And some women choose to stay and some men choose to stay. Some men have Okay, so that was a pretty interesting conversation in defining cheating. Um, I hope to hear from you guys in explaining to me what you believe cheating is or isn't. So we're going to get ready to close out this show. Thank you so much for joining me on the couch. I appreciate it. I really appreciate your time each and every week, every Sunday night when I drop a new episode. I have not repeated an episode yet, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Every Sunday night, it's a new topic. It's a new episode. Sometimes, you know, the topics overlap because, I mean, you cannot talk too much about relationships or dating or sex. You can never talk enough about that. I'm going to end this episode with Francis and his advice to men in America. He is giving advice to men in America. Okay. He's basically telling them, don't waste time, man. We want your women. To the men. What message? Tell if you see your loved ones and you love them, don't wait two years, three years to propose to them. You know what you want. It's good to wait for a long time. But in this time, if you are a friend with a Ghanaian, do not introduce your 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 do not introduce your friend fiance to Ghanaian. They are working together because they know you have never told your wife you love them or with a ring before you realize your wife your wife is pregnant for the Ghanaian man and the Ghanaian man is going to tell you I never heard you telling your wife you love her you waste you are wasting the whole time so so don't waste time <laughs> you heard that folks don't waste time don't don't waste time fellas because the Canadian Ghanaian Canadian men I'm sorry, it feels like it's late, but it really isn't. Um, these men want us. They want us. They want American women. So if you have a, a, a lady who you are really into, go ahead and lock her down. Don't waste time, fellas. I hope you enjoy this conversation between the Ghanaian tour group and uh, the men and women and our travel group, because it was a lot of fun. Thank you for joining me on the couch tonight, man. Thank you. Thank you. And remember, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe on whatever platform you enjoy using, whether it's iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you enjoy using, subscribe to the podcast and you'll get updates and you'll be able to answer some. Sometimes I, I post questions. Um, on the platform, you'll see it when you go to listen to the episode. Subscribe on your favorite podcast episode. And if you don't mind, give me a rating. Either give me some commentary or leave me some stars. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need, it's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs. Know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. 
limitations limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership. Own your mistakes, learn from them, and move on. Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication. Don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love. Thank you.